0: Thing, the next thing, oh, you and to me, there's nothing more important. Not gonna be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's gonna be a, hell of a ride.
1: Hello Shyhards, and welcome back to episode 38 of Meet Us at Molly's. Today we're gonna cover Chicago Fire, Season 6, Episode 10, entitled Slam Again. As always, I'm one of your hosts. My name is Gina. I'm joined by Bryna. Hello, everybody. And Ashley. Hi, everybody. So as always, we like to start off with the news. There's a little bit, not a ton. Um, First bit we have is the episode description for Chicago Med Season 3, Episode 9, entitled On Shaky Ground. And this is the episode that's going to air February 6th. So not this coming week. No, it is this coming. No, I'm so confused right now. No, the week after.
2: Yeah, the week after, because there's no med this week because of the State of the Union. Oh, so we've got two weeks until the Olympics, not one? No, it's it's like two weeks from this past Friday is when the Olympics start. So like okay. technically a little less than two weeks now. So next Sunday. week, like not this week, but
1: next week. Yeah, not this coming week, but ne- yeah, yeah, not this week, but next week. Yeah, okay. Friday the
2: 9th is when the olympics start is my understanding
1: yeah that's right that's right i'm just like i'm trying to omit a week there which is like stupid okay never mind it's also just
2: because like it's also just because like meds not airing this week pd wasn't airing this week or last week fire's not airing the week. it's just like because they're all missing an episode it's so confusing
1: it is confusing yeah so we did get the episode description for this episode and this is the one that's airing on february
0: 6th ashley will you please take us through it Um, After discovering that a patient's family might have been abusive, Troy and April April contemplate calling child services and Nat and Will struggle to see eye-to-eye in guiding a family who is dealing with their premature baby. And Rose is persuaded into performing a risky surgery on Becker's mentor and world renewed surgeon Dr. Marvin Jaffrey. I hope I'm saying that right. And Reese joins Dr. Charles on a visit to Cook County Jail. Okay. Um, Brian, the thoughts on this?
2: Uh, Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on this. Um, One, we're going back to the couples, and I think that's an interesting, like, the couples working together, so like Toy and April and Nat and Will, and I think that's an interesting way. I wonder if that's going to cause any tension, especially because this is the last episode before the Olympic break, so there might could be a cliffhanger and i don't know if this is technically would be considered meds like mid-season finale type thing just because they didn't really have that when we went off for like christmas um so that could be interesting um Rhodes performing surgery on becker's mentor um i mean we had te- we had learned that a couple weeks ago or maybe even months now who knows but um that should be interesting and then i'm really curious though to see about the reese joining dr charles at the jail um like why he goes to jail to visit like if that's going to bring back you know just any feelings about the case um that we saw early in season three um
1: but yeah lots of thoughts it should be hopefully good yeah i feel like the nat and will storyline might be a bigger deal than we think Because if Nat and Will can't see eye to eye on this about, you know, babies and like cases with kids or cases with babies, they're going to have a lot of problems because that's a big, big part of who Nat is. Right. And I think it's interesting that going
2: into like leading into this episode is the whole um, Will struggling with Owen. Because like that was obviously the last episode. Um, But since there's no new episode this week, like that's the last episode before this one. So we're already seeing Will having issues with getting Owen to like him. And then so that's one level where they're struggling in terms of babies and children and whatever. And then if this is something else that they can't get on terms with in terms of babies and children and whatever, then, yeah, it's like two weeks in a row where they're dealing with family and children issues. And like that can be a really big deal breaker in a relationship. So, uh, yeah, I'm curious to see how that works.
1: Right, right. So that'll be interesting. Uh, that's about all we've got in terms of Chicago news. We're going to touch on PD's um, 100th episode festivities here in a minute. Um, one thing that we did want to touch on, we saw, I think we all saw this week, the uh, quick little, what, like two second commercial about the Grey's Anatomy spinoff, the firefighting spinoff that is happening. Um, it finally got a title this week. It's not Blaze Anatomy like we would have hoped. Yes, that is,
2: okay, it's called Station 19, and I think that is the fucking stupidest name for a television show that I've ever fucking heard. It's pretty bland. I was seeing something, and I didn't read enough into this, so I could be wrong, but apparently this was, like, they named it based off a poll that fans voted in. I could be wrong about that. Somewhere I saw, Oh, yeah, like, TV Line. Was a TV
0: Line that did yeah. a poll?
2: Yeah. TV Line apparently did a poll, and that's
1: how this got named. Uh, uh, was Blaze Anatomy not an option?
0: I don't no, know. No, it was. It or was? Like, yeah, it was.
1: Firehouse McFirehouse Face? I don't know. Like. <laughs> right, just
2: like Station 19, it was the blandest fucking name I've ever heard. Because that could literally be anything. Yeah. Like, I hear Station 19, and I have no idea that's a fire show.
1: So we bring this up because we were asked a couple times, actually. We were asked about our take on the new spinoff. Now, oh, man. I just, I haven't seen, now, when I'm at work, I mean, obviously, I can't really watch these things that come across Twitter with audio. So I haven't, I've seen, like, the two-second Teaser thing that was like, see the official trailer in this week's Grey's Anatomy. I've only seen the visual, I haven't heard the audio that goes with it. With that said, however, based off what I saw, simply saw, I just kind of saw it and I was like, is this fire or is this the Grey's spin off? Because they look the exact same.
2: Yeah, they definitely look the exact same. I mean, I don't know, it's really hard because. I think if you're going to do something fire related, like because Chicago Fire set the precedent of that, like it's so hard not to compare it to fire. Just like with any medical show, you take it with Grey's Anatomy and you're like, okay, well, it's going to be compared to Grey's Anatomy just because Grey's Anatomy was the, me- and it still is the medical show. Mm-hmm. So, like, for, I mean, for us, like we talk about it all the time and we try so hard not to compare Chicago Med to Grey's, but it's hard just because Grey's Anatomy has been around for 14 seasons. And Chicago Fire's now been around for six seasons, so it's going to be really hard not to go into Station 19, I hate calling it that, um, and not compare it to fire. But yeah, just on that trailer thing alone, it looks so much like fire. And I really hope, I don't know what they can do to make it not follow the same kind of procedural thing as fire, Um I don't know. I mean, I'm excited for it only because I love Ben and I love Jason George and so I'm excited for that part of it. Um but otherwise like if he wasn't going to that spin-off and it was just a spin-off all alone, I would not watch it. Okay, so but I'm film- going to I was going to watch it because of him.
1: Yeah, so fill me in here cuz I mean, I I do you watch Grey's? I just don't watch it as closely as I did when I was in college. So, I tend to know what's happening, but I don't know the details. So, is Ben just, like, bored of being a doctor and he's like, I think I'm just going to go join the Fire Academy?
2: I mean, no, not the bored part. So, it was, what, in the season 13 finale, Ashley, right? Yeah. He there was like a big incident where he kind of got a little bit of a taste for firefighting and like saving people's lives and whatever. And that kind of jolted something in him where as much as he loved being a resident and stuff, he was like, you know, now's the time for me. If I want to try this out, like I got to try it out now. Um, So it was kind of like, he had a reason because it was based off the season 13 finale. And then kind of in the beginnings of season 14, we've seen that like, he made his decision that like, he's going to stop being a resident and, go join the fire go join the firehouse but he's not going through the academy as far as i know right ashley i don't think so because like so i think it's kind of on like a volunteer basis i don't know i'm not really sure how that's going to work because in the episode that just aired this like couple days ago thursday you see him like going on ride-alongs with um like their version of ambo um so I don't really know how his character is going to work. Because as far as I know, we're not going to see him going through the firefighting academy. Like he's going to already be a full-fledged part of that cast. So I don't know how it's going to work.
1: That's like kind of the least organic way I've of like introducing a fire spinoff of Grey's that I've like ever heard.
0: They are going to have an episode, like, a crossover-type episode, aren't they? Like, like Grey's and this firefighter show to introduce it. Probably. Oh, so like, a backdoor pilot. Yeah. Hmm.
2: Probably. I mean, that would make most sense. And I don't know. I think it's hard because as someone who does love – I mean, obviously, we love Chicago Fire. Like, we talk about it every week. Uh, but as someone who loves, loves, loves Grey's and Anatomy, and I think season 14 has been so strong and, like, I mean I kind of hated season 12 and 13 like a lot. Um but you know, I think it's just so hard cuz I'm like this seems like such trash, but like I'm still like I want to give it a chance.
1: Yeah, and I'm I'm always game to give a new show at least the pilot. Um And something that happens to me more often than I'd like to admit is that I see a trailer for a show and I'm like, well, that looks stupid. And then I watch one episode and I'm like, this is actually really good. Um, Well,
2: yeah, that was me when, I mean, kind of side note, that was me with Jane the Virgin. I was like, for the first season, I was like, this sounds stupid. Like, I'm never going to watch this. And now it's my favorite show on television. Like, just because the premise seems so stupid, but it's my favorite show on television.
1: Yeah, I did that with both Once Upon a Time and The Hundred. Once Upon a Time, I was like, get these fairy tale characters out of my face. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. And then of course I saw the pilot and I was like, oh my God, Snow and Charming are so great together. You know? Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: So, so I'm willing to give it a chance,
2: especially because I like I said, I do love Ben and I do love Jason George. Like I love Jason George. But I mean, I don't know. I don't give it I, I don't want to get my hopes up for it.
0: There's also not that many big-name people in the show.
1: That's true. That's true. You know what is funny? You know who is in it? It's Jay Hayden. And Jay Hayden, if you don't know, he's, like, best friends with Jesse Lee offer. So that's amusing to me. Um, Maybe they can have, like, a first-responder show tug-of-war or something and battle it out. Um but, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm still going to check it out. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to be wrong on my initial assessment of, like, this looks like it's just going to be another version of Fire. How lame. Um, I'm hoping to be wrong. Yeah, same. So, we'll see. Um, The other piece of news that we got was on Friday? Thursday. Thursday, Friday. Friday, Friday yeah. So, this past Friday, which was the 26th, um, PD had their 100th episode celebration, because I think they're filming it right now. And so... Um, they had all their festivities. They had a giant cake of the 21st district. Um, Dick Wolf was there. The mayor of Chicago was there. The governor of Illinois was there. There's no, like, article or anything that's come out about it. It was more just kind of the festivities that happened throughout the day. Um, yeah, it was, it was funny. It was cute. Like, there was the giant cake, of course. Um, I think at one point, like, Jason Begay smashed part of the cake into Patty's face. Just all sorts of fun stuff what what did you guys see um I was really busy that day
2: so I you guys were just telling me before we started recording about all these things that I apparently missed um <laughs> the only thing I literally saw was Jesse's Instagram stories it's the only I mean I saw pictures obviously um but like I had no idea about this cake smash I had no idea about this live stream whatever you guys were talking about literally the only thing I saw all day was Jesse's Instagram story
1: Ashley what'd you see
0: yeah that they did a, somebody a news station or something did that facebook live stream and i seen that oh my like, facebook
2: live stream
0: yeah oh so i can go back and watch it i yes. think so yeah yes. Cause okay, I, I, was, I thought it was an had... instagram
2: live stream and then i was like well shit yeah. i'm done
0: <laughs> it was facebook because i watched it after it aired live so they saved it i can't believe they haven't well they have found a way to like
1: archive instagram stories now haven't they
2: But, like, only for 24 hours.
1: That's stupid.
2: Yeah, so, like, if I, like, because if it had happened on Friday and I just found out about it, if it was on Instagram, I can't go back and watch it. But on Facebook, if it's on Facebook, then I can go back and watch it now.
1: Well, wait, Justin Timberlake has had part of his story saved on his page for a while now because he's got that album coming out this week. Wait, what? That's That's,
0: um, just Insta stories. I don't know, there's some kind of update or something where you can save Insta stories to your profile. Wait, what? Uh, I don't know. It's weird. Like, you can make, like, an album thing and it shows up on your profile. Yeah,
1: yeah. I see it right now. I'm on Justin Timberlake's page because, like, hi, when am I not? Um, <laughs> and there's, like, a bunch of buttons here. But I would show you guys, but, like, it's futile because nobody listening to this right now can see. Can but, this, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. As always, if you see, hear any news, tweet it to us, DM it to us, email it to us, just get it to us somehow. There's, you know, only three of us, so three of us versus the whole internet, we're bound to miss something, so without further ado, I think we can go ahead and jump into the episode. What do you guys think? Yes, let's do it. Okay, so as we said before, this is Chicago Fire Season 6, Episode 10, entitled Slam Again. So, as always, we're going to break it down by storyline and we are going to start off with Dossie and Bria, which is obviously like the biggest storyline of all of them. There was <laughs> this alone in our outline was like 2-3 pages. It was crazy. Okay. So, we start the episode and Dawson and Casey go to the morgue. Now, Dawson's like full Dawson mode here. She's, you know, standing there, she's incessantly ringing the little bell for help. Um and it gets to a point where, like, I, the first, like, two seconds of the episode, she's ringing the bell over and over. And Casey makes a point to, like, put his hand over it and be like, stop. Like, she's gone full Dawson. So then when the guy comes out, she starts giving him attitude because he's he's like, well, you're not family. And she's like, bitch, you called me. What do you want? Like, stop. Um, You know, just typical Gabby things. And so my initial assessment at this point, Casey's a little cold towards her in these first couple scenes. But not that he has a point, but, like. He evolves throughout the episode. And so if we sound like we're being really tough on Casey at the start, just wait because, you know, he comes around. So the most important thing here is that it's not Bria. Phew, thank God. Um, But the DOA has Bria's purse. Now, there's something I noticed here that I wanted to point out to you guys. Um, When they pull back the sheet on the DOA, Gabby clutches her necklace. So on PD, every time... You know, Antonio sees a dead body. His first thing to do, he does the sign of the cross. So I was thinking, I was like, is Gabby, is that a cross? Like, what is that? Her necklace is not a cross. However, I remember after Shay died that she was wearing Shay's necklace. I wonder if she still wears it. I don't know. That's a great point. Because, like, I don't know, that's just a nice little touch of, like, she still wears Shay's necklace. And that was, like, the first thing she did was, like, clutch the necklace.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to go back and like try to look at it closely.
1: That would be cool. I, I just, I don't know. I was kind of like, if it was a cross, I was going to be like, oh my God, like, cool touch. That's awesome that both siblings, like, they make sure to have that, like, continuity. But just something I noticed. So we cut to the 21st, and Gabby is talking to Antonio. So he IDs the DOA, her name's Carly, and her last known address was her boyfriend's. And we just have a quality Dawson siblings moment here, because, you know, Gabby's like, well, can I have the address? And Antonio's like, Gabby, the hell are you doing? (laughs) And then he's like, well, you know, I can't give you that information, but you're my sister, so if I were to write it down and just turn my back. And then she takes the sticky note, and she's like, that's why you're my favorite brother. So cute. Um, Also, like... It's, like, a very quiet day in intelligence, I guess, because, like, there's nobody there. Did, of did, course. Did Voight get pissed at Antonio and leave him behind again? Like, where is where is everybody? Probably. 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 Also
2: of note in this scene, Antonio asks about Brett. Like, just go talk to her yourself.
1: Yeah. You've got to Just phone. get
2: over it. Right. Just g- get over the fact that she walked away from you and go talk to her since you really still clearly care about her.
1: It reminds me of that scene back in season two after Dossie broke up the first time at Severide was like, you need to go get her. Like, go fight for her.
0: Yeah, go fight for her, Antonio.
1: Seriously.
0: Goddamn. Speaking of, uh, I'm going to add something here. In Derek's Q&A today, he said that after the Olympics, when they come back somebody's going to the pharmacy to take to get a pregnancy
1: test. Oh, so it's coming.
2: But yeah, I saw know. that. Yeah, and apparently somebody asked him, I guess, about like Britonio and he was talking about he's like, "Well, crossovers are the perfect time for them to see each other all the time." And I was like, "Dear god. So it's coming."
1: <laughs> That's true, but mm, yeah.
0: Ugh. Ugh.
1: So Casey asks Severide if he got Dawson's text and he just kind of adds, he's like, yeah, it was a long night. And Severide's like, well, yeah, me too. Dawson's not the only one who got close to Bria. And like, I was a little passive aggressive and I kind of loved it.
2: Oh my God. I thought it was the best thing ever because like, I think that's true. Like, I feel like, I don't know. This is my first kind of little like anti Dossy thing, <laughs> but like, I don't know. I feel like, they kind of in moments like this like I get that they care about oh especially Gabby like I get that she cares about Bria so much and like that's her focus but like there's other people who like especially Severide who cared about her too like why is it just kind of assumed that like they're the ones who are only ones feeling anything in this moment
1: I think it's just because Severide's not as forthcoming with his emotions because we right. got it. An- we got an email from Allison about this actually and Allison said she's like I was super annoyed when Severi told Matt that Gabby wasn't the only one who cared about her. She said, "I don't think he even thought about that girl after the fire until Dawson brought it up to him." I think See, I bel- I don't I think that's false. Yeah, and I same. think my first question
2: off of this whole thing was like it, I think the thing that bothers me the most is that Severide clearly does care about Bria, so why is he just letting Gabby and by default Matt like just take charge of the whole situation? Because everything in the past couple episodes has shown that he cares about her, so like why is he just kind of letting Matt and Gabby um,
1: run the take show over? Yeah, right. Well, I think in that instance, because remember last last week, Severide was, you know, super involved in the whole process and everything. He didn't back down until Matt was like, I'll take her. So I think in that instance, it's more like ref- respecting your friend's husband. Like, I think Matt kind of pulled the husband card there and was like, we're married. I'm her husband. I got this. Yeah, I don't know. It it just bothers me. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm. Yeah, just – and, Sem- and I did care about her, for sure cared about her. He's just not – he's not emotional in the way Dawson is. But in this episode, you saw
2: it more, for sure. It, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just I, – I don't – like, I mean, I don't agree with what Allison said about the fact that, like, you she never cared, or he never cared. No, I he, don't buy that at all.
1: That's not in Kelly's nature. No. no. So, the b- greatest thing here is that after this happens, Casey makes another offended face. I love it. It just, yeah. So, yeah, he's like, well, Dawson's not the only one who got co- or close to Bria. And Casey's like, well, fine. It's like one of those faces where he gets all pouty. Um, <sighs> yeah, I know. But Severide <laughs> backs off because Severide's like, I'm just glad it wasn't Bria at the morgue. And so Gabby and Brett go and visit the boyfriend and he tips them off to a place called Safe Harbor. So Gabby goes to visit and the woman at the desk is pretty awful. And she's like really sarcastic. She's like, if she's here, she's safe. And then she's like, you know, people come and go here. So like, don't hold your breath. And like, by this point of the episode, I'm like, why are we all shitting on Gabby? We're like 10 minutes in. Can we like calm down? Yeah. Not cool. So then at the firehouse, after it's we have the whole thing with the slam again which we'll get into but bria just up and shows up like she just kind of apparates into the scene which is a harry potter reference which i now know falls on deaf ears but like (laughs) yeah so she just kind of like shows up and dawson and bria just kind of stare at each other and then they hug and i think at this point somebody had tweeted and just kind of like noted that It kind of almost seems like Gabby needs Bria more than Bria needs her. Did y'all catch that vibe?
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'd necessarily say it's as needs her. Gabby needs Bria more. I think they need each other as,
1: like, equally as much. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I guess Gabby's just a, or not Gabby, um... Bria's just kind of, like, she's hiding her feelings a little bit more, maybe.
2: Right, yeah. I'd say she's hiding it a little bit more. Because, like, if you think about, like, Gabby needing Bria more, like, that can't be really true. Because Bria, in terms of, like, the safe space to go and, like, you know, staying with Gabby and Matt and all that stuff. Like, it's got to be about equal. I think they need each other just
1: as much. They, you know what I'm trying to say. But why does Gabby need Bria so much? I... I don't know. I
2: think it has something to do with not obviously trying to fill Louie's place in her heart, but like, you know, she's always, she's obviously been so down. I mean, obviously she's had hit it well, but like she's been down since Louie left. And I think, you know, in the moments where they had good moments like playing cards and whatever with Rhea, like Gabby just felt that connection again. And like Gabby, I think realized that like she really needed that kind of like, whether it's, like, mom and dad, if you want to call it that, or, like, big brother, big sister, or, like, kind of, or, like, sister kind of connection, whatever you want to call it. I think Gabby realized, like, that was something she was missing in her life. hmm That's, so like, not saying that, like, she was forget It's, like, if you want to call it a sister relationship, like, she's obviously forgetting about Antonio, but, like, a different kind of, like, a mentor kind of
1: relationship. Yeah. for Bria, at least. Ashley, what are your takes on this?
0: yeah i agree with what brian has said i think it's like a mentor thing and i think they both need each other
1: i guess it's just not clicking for me as to i can see why bria needs gabby i'm kind of missing why gabby needs bria so much like what i don't know what's motivating her to you know why does she feel like she has to be there for this girl 'Cause that's Gabby.
2: Like I that's know that's true. like a that's like a cop out answer to say, like, oh, that's just Gabby, but that's how Gabby is with everybody. Like every single patient that like she has a chance to get like or patient or whatever we're calling them. They're not patients, but whatever. Um Yeah, I just think like that's just Gabby. Gabby gets so tied down to the people she helps save and the people, you know, she thinks she gives the chance to impact. And yeah. So, like, it kind of sounds like a cop-out answer where you say, like, oh, that's just Gabby. But that's really just Gabby. Yeah.
1: So. Hmm. And so Dawson talks to Casey. So we find Bria. Bria's inside. And Dawson's talking to Casey. And so Dawson's still an approved foster parent. And she's reached out to Tina. But she hasn't heard back yet. But in the meantime, Gabby insists that she stay with them. And this scene... I was just kind of, like, watching it, and I was like, oh, God. Oh, God. Because, like, it looked like Matt was, like, internally screaming. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, because you know how he is in these sorts of situations. But then he's like, no, like, of course she can stay with us. Like, of course. I th- so, I ahead, think, though,
2: w- no, sorry to interrupt you, but I think, obviously, like, him saying of course, like, because Matt's just, like, a good person, like, I think that's the right answer. But, I like, so I would hope that he would say, like, of course she can stay. But, like, I did agree with the fact that, like, you could kind of see that Matt wanted to just like blow up and I really kind of wish he had, but you we're going to talk about, oh yeah, just not because of the whole, like, not because of Bria and that situation specifically, just because of their lack of communication and that whole conversation that I feel like still needs to be held and we are we can talk about it more when we get to the end because I still don't think that was enough, but yeah, so I I wish he had blown up.
1: That's interesting that you say that because to me, this is the moment where you you can like see the wheels turning in Matt's head. And this is where he shifts where like he has to pick and choose his battles and he chooses wisely here because he's just kind of realizes that, you know, this is the right thing to do. It's bigger than, you know, he and Gabby. It's about making sure Bria's safe.
2: Right. But if we're talking, I I agree with that a hundred percent. And I think he did the right thing. And I think he did come to the realization that he had to pick and choose his battles. But I also think, that if we're talking about the dossie relationship specifically not about bria not about that whole situation or anything else if you're talking about the dossie relationship specifically then they still suck about communicating and about like all kinds they're, they're having issues and that part is where i wish he would like somebody needs to blow up not about And, I like I said, it doesn't have anything to do with the Bria and, like, that whole situation. But I think somebody needs to blow up about, like, the issues going on in their relationship as, like, a married man and woman. Hmm.
1: Tossy hot take. Just dropping (laughs) the hot takes today. (laughs) (laughs) So, outside of Casey's office where they're talking, Bria's talking to Severide. And, you know... She's like, oh, my God, I can't believe you came and looked for me. I'm so embarrassed. And Severide's like, don't be. Like, everybody needs help once in a while. So then Kelly pulls up a chair and he tells the story of how Benny fucked shit up when he was a teenager because Benny did. Yep. And he just mentions he's like a friend reached out and I went to live with her. Um, for Chicago Fire trivia's sake, I just wanted everybody to jot this down. Friendly reminder, that friend is April. Yep. Good old Chicago Med dating Choi April. yeah
2: i just i hope we're i wonder if we're gonna find out more about this when kelly's mom shows up i sure hope so um because obviously we've seen the benny kelly relationship for many seasons now but there's still so much more about kelly's teenage early childhood years whatever however long that period goes um that we don't know about and i just i hope when kelly's mom shows up we're gonna learn more about
1: that and that's another thing, too, that uh, – funny you mentioned that. Like, I mean, this was, like, a Severide backstory, like, truth bomb. This whole episode, it was oh just Severide backstory everywhere. Yeah. My mind got blown later on. But, yeah, we'll talk about that. There was just – like, we got this scene, and then we got another couple scenes later on, and I was like, oh, my God, I can't handle all of this. There's so much happening. I know. Same. It's crazy. But then, you know, Kelly just assures – bria that you know his or her father just wants to do right by her
2: yeah this was like the scene one of my like favorite scenes of this entire episode and i think in terms of like if i'm trying to make my point about why severide cares so deeply about bria like i think this is it and i think we haven't seen severide care so deeply about anyone on like any level since anna and i think it really showed in the scene and that was like one of my favorite scenes of the entire episode
1: Which means that when Bria leaves, he's just going to forget about her like he did about Anna. (sighs) Yeah,
2: I, yeah, I have a hot take there. I'm not going to share it, but yeah. Uh, No, I
1: just, yeah, we're full (laughs) of hot takes today, guys. (laughs) I'm full of hot takes and rage today. Goodness. So then we cut to Dossie's house and Bria's getting situated in the guest room, which LOL, that's just Severide's old room. And, <laughs> I thought um, about that too. Casey just kind of watches as they bond, you know, Bria and Dawson are talking and Casey's just kind of watching.
2: See, for so, me, I would say that's where Casey shifted.
1: But You think Casey shifted there?
2: Yeah. Huh. That, that's where I see it, but that's just me.
1: Well, yeah, and I can see that, too, because when she first came on the scene, what, two, three episodes ago, and, you know, Casey just kind of took it at the circumstances and was like, she stole drugs? Okay, like, got her labeled as, like, a renegade, troubled teen.
2: Right. Yeah, I can see that. And, like, this was, like, one of the first times, like, he really got to see, just because Bria left and was, like, on the run, like, this is the first time Casey really got to see them interact. So this is where I think... His opinion about that whole, like the Bria whole, the whole Bria situation shifted, but that's just my opinion.
1: Ashley, what do you
0: think? When did Casey turn? I mean, I can see it right here, like in that other scene, I don't know, it kind of felt like kind of off to me, like he kind of didn't really want, like, they sh- Gabby should have asked him if it was okay if she stayed with him and like all this other stuff. But he kind of... I can see the switch
1: right here, too. hmm Yeah. So then we cut to Tina's office. Good old Tina. And she's telling Dawson and Casey that they'll need to reapply as foster parents. Like, what? Are you kidding me right now? And so, da- yeah, Dawson's like, well, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And I'm like, yeah, seconded. Thirded. And Yeah, thirded. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah. And so... Casey like comes out of left field here and I mean he really steps up and it's I say comes out of left field because like I don't it just I how do I dig myself out of this hole? He doesn't he's not usually vocal about these kind of things but as we said, you know he's starting to shift and he's starting to come around and so he speaks up and he's like the only place that Bria guaranteed to be safe is with us because that's where she wants to be and yeah. he pleads with Tina to like check with her boss and pull some strings.
2: Yeah. No, I think I think the way you said it in terms of like coming out of left field is completely right. I mean, in my notes about like in my personal notes that I get to transfer the outline, I literally wrote. I said, Max beats Matt speaks up. Question mark. Wait, what? Question mark. Is this an AU fan fiction or something like it's just like it's not what he does. It's which is mind blowing because in at work when he's Captain Casey, he is such a leader. And so it's kind of mind-blowing that, like, it doesn't happen more often. And so I agree that this was completely out of left field, but at the end of the day, it made complete sense that it was Matt who was the one who was able to, like, plead with Tina in the end.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, it took Gabby by surprise, too. Gabby was like, I'm sorry, what? Like, <laughs> Yeah. No, and this whole thing just made me really angry because, and
2: I tweeted about this when I was live training and like, the system has so many issues. And, like, I get that... Like time has passed a little bit. and so like, you know things might have changed. I mean, obviously it hasn't with them, but like with any other like foster parents, like it could have. But like this system has so many issues and it's just like breaks my heart.
1: Yeah. And so back at 51, Gabby is looking at school stuff with Bria. She's just, oh, she's so like, she's so not ready to be a mom, but she's got the mom thing like down so far um and so casey hands gabby her phone and it's a voicemail from dcfs and they approved bria to stay so that's exciting um it's something i realized in that moment too because like severide comes out and they all have a moment of like yay and she's just sitting there in like this circle of like casey dawson and severide i'm like she has no idea the jackpot she just hit yeah like she's super safe and she's super loved like people care about her just like She's totally hit the jackpot. But on the flip side of that, however, Dawson and Casey have no idea what they've just gotten themselves into because now they're fostering a teenage girl.
2: Right. I mean, we don't know what next week's episode brings. I mean, it's only supposed to be for a week. So, like, hopefully they can't screw anything up that badly in a week. But I have a feeling it's going to be more than a week. But that's just me.
1: Yeah, and all I'm saying here is like that the commercial break that came after that, I was like imagining like some AU situation where like Casey was sitting up at like two in the morning waiting for her because she missed curfew. (laughs) Like (laughs) just I could just totally see Casey being like, I'm not mad, I'm disappointed. Like (laughs) Yeah. Just oh god. They just I don't think they know what they're getting into with a teenager, but we'll see. Yeah. So yeah, they tell Severide, and then as Kelly's leaving for a call, Bria thanks him for everything and then hugs him.
2: Yeah, and I think, was it just me or was, like, did anyone else, when this whole scene, like, Severide made this face, and it kind of broke my heart, because it's this look of happiness for her that she's going to get to stay with Gabby and Matt, who are the best, Um, but also this look of sadness, because, like, he does care so much, and he kind of wanted to be a part of it, um... You know, and I always had my theory that like it would have been him that ended up
0: fostering Bria,
2: but that just was my theory. I found um, that too. I had like a
0: small bit of hope that it was gonna be him that was gonna take her
2: in. Yeah. So like, you I really think, think so? I really, th- I don't. I mean, obviously now like that's not gonna happen. But like that was like my real thought. Like I really believed that hardcore that that was what was gonna happen.
1: Huh? See, and yeah. I. I wouldn't say there was sadness in his face. I mean, he was part of it. The only thing he wasn't part of was going to the morgue.
2: Yeah. But I think after the whole. After the whole, like Matt, he comment, he made to Matt about like, you know, other people cared about her too. Like, again, I think this is something that like, he doesn't feel like he's going to get to be a part of, but that's just me. Like, that's just my, like, I mean, I think it was more happiness. Like, I think it was probably like 90% happiness, but like, 10%, 10%, like, maybe I'm feeling a little left out. And maybe I wish I had that. And maybe I wish that was me instead of them.
1: I mean, the last time we had Sever, I'd be like, I wish I had what Casey and Dawson have. He went and found Anna, and then she died. So.
2: Yeah, don't. Oh, God damn it. Still bitter about that. <laughs> I mean. Still so fucking bitter about Anna's death.
1: But Kelly will be part of it. I mean, he's he's cool Uncle Kelly. I mean... Yeah,
2: no, I know. Like I said, I think it's just... I think that also might just be more the fact that I still wish it was him fostering Bria instead of Gabby and Casey, but
1: that's just... That might just be me. So this whole thing might just be me, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so then Casey and Severide meet up in the hallway, and they're talking, and basically the next hurdle with Bria is to get her in to see her father. And it turns out since he's in the last week of treatment, you know, there's no visitors allowed. And so Severide's like, well, Cruz grew up with, you know, one of the women there. I'll put him on it. And Casey's like, well, you make that happen and I'll buy you a box of Cubans. And Sev goes, deal, but we smoked them together. It's been too long. Think of all the cigar chats we're going to have. I think
2: I actually cried tears of joy when this scene happened. Like, it made me so happy.
1: Like, wh- can we just have, like, a web series where it's, like, weekly chats with Casey and Severide on the roof? Oh, my God. I I would actually probably cry every week if that happened. I'd watch like, the I'm, shit out of that.
2: Right. Like, I'm actually not kidding. I actually think I probably cried tears of joy. <laughs> like, it made me so – I love it
1: so much. And, like, Severide followed through. So, like, where's the box of Cubans? Where are the cigar chats? Don't cheat us out of these. Right, I need another cigar chat like in next week. All the cigar chats, all, of, all them. of them. Just, I mean, I don't know how many boxes or how many Cubans are in a box of Cubans, but like that's gotta earn us like twenty something cigar chats, right?
2: Ah, uh, I mean, I'd love for that, but I don't think there's that many in a box. Oh, oh to the
1: Google, to the
2: Google. <laughs> <laughs> I could be wrong.
1: I could have sworn it with, like twelve, eight. But okay, I could be on. wrong. Are we taking bets? Cause like hold on. Box of Cuban <laughs> cigars. Boom. Let's see. Um Google shows me there is let me see. If this link would load. Um, in this particular box there are forty cigars for what the three hundred and twenty five dollars. Oh, no wait, shit. that's just for the humidor. Hold on, humidors are expensive. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's go to this website called Fine Cuban Cigars that does not sound or look sketchy at all. <laughs> Let's see. Um, okay, so a box of 25 is $250. <laughs> the more you know. Cheap you, cheese, that's a lot. Fuck. There are some cheaper ones, though. Like a box of 25 on this one is like 135. Damn. But I don't know. Just, the more you know.
2: <laughs> I could have so, sworn that it was going to be like eight, but that was just me.
1: So knowing Casey, he wouldn't spend that much on a box of cigars, but we still earned ourselves like about 10 cigar chats. Yeah. We'll just, yeah. We're just going to, we're going to keep tabs in our heads. <laughs> So then, at the very end of the episode, Bria goes to see her father, and Casey and Dawson talk outside, and this is just such a Dawsey moment. It's just so sweet, and like- Well, they play Daw- the music,
2: too. They play the that kind Dawsey of Dawsey music. Yeah.
1: And usually when we hear the Dawson theme, it usually means, like, something really big is coming, right? Yeah. So, like, I heard this, and I was like, somebody's about to, like, reveal a bombshell, like, Dossy's <laughs> about to say something crazy, like, oh my god, something big's about to happen. I thought something was
0: going to happen with, like, Bria's dad or something. Something bad was going to happen to Bria's dad when, yeah. like, like,
1: the Dawson theme was playing? I don't know. They were just going to ruin the Dawson theme for us forever? <laughs> Maybe. Oh, man. So... They have this moment and there's just so much feelsy dossy dialogue. Oh, it's so good. And so, you know, Gabby's like, "You didn't have to stick up for Bria like that." And he's like, "Hell yes, I did." Oh, I die. And then he explains to her he's like, "You know, when Bria came along or, you know, the whole with the whole Louie thing, she pulled away from him." And he's like, "You know, when Bria came along, I got a sinking feeling that you were going to do that again. He got a sinking feeling." Mm, like poor Casey. And So, he just says, he's like, I just want you to know that wherever you're going, I'm right here with you. I die. Just hard eyes, explosions, fireworks, kittens everywhere. See,
2: I liked it, and I like that line especially, but I still think there needs to be more. Like, I still think they have issues.
1: But that's just me. I I mean... (laughs) elaborate issues like be specific what kind of like, issues
2: like communication and like yes I understand that like Casey said you know he explained himself that like he got this sinking feeling that Gabby's gonna pull away from him again but like I don't know for me personally I don't think it's enough just to say that I think somebody needs to talk about the fact that like Gabby can't keep doing that again like yes it's okay that he addressed it but like there needs to be more and he needed to say like you can't keep doing that. And like, you know, cause I am going to be there and like, I don't know. I just feel like there need to be like a little bit more like talking about their issues and the way they've handled things. But
1: that's yeah, just And me. there was like a split, there was a lot of talk on Twitter about this because one of the biggest criticisms of Dossie's marriage that I see is that a lot of people think that Casey just lets Dawson walk all over him. I, I don't mean, know if I agree with that.
2: I think on occasion I agree with that. But. I don't know. I just think if they had, like, a conversation where Matt said, like, hey, this is how I'm feeling and, like, I don't want you to keep doing this. Like, I'm not saying it needs to fix everything because, again, like, it's a TV relationship. Like, they're going to run into these troubles again at some point, however long fire goes. But i just think they need to have more of a talk about like why like why did matt get that sinking feeling again like not just the fact that it was louis but it's because like gabby has this pattern of doing that to him
1: not just with louis but in other instances as well interesting yeah i just i mean it kind of brought up an interesting thing to me i just kind of i started thinking about like you know Their relationship and, like, compromises and stuff. I can't really think of a time where Dawson has compromised for Casey. That doesn't mean it hasn't happened. It just means that it's not coming to mind. Like, quickly. Um, Yeah, yeah, I just... I, I mean, I'm... I'm okay with their relationship. I think Casey... I don't think Casey lets Dawson walk all over him. I think Casey knows when to pick and choose his battles.
2: Yes, I agree with that. I think for me too, I think it's easier for me to be a little bit more critical on them because I do like a lot of Dawson stuff, but Dawson's never been my favorite. Um, just like one Chicago relationship. Like they're usually at the bottom of my one Chicago li- um, relationships list. Um But, so I think it's a little bit easier for me to be a little bit more critical of them, but. Hmm.
1: See, and most of the stuff on Twitter, because, I mean, I did, I did ask, you know, the next day, I was just like, you know, what do you think about Casey? Like, how did he handle this and everything? And a lot of people just said, you know, he was supportive. He was there for her. He was loving. And, I mean, that's what he is. He's, you know, he's definitely husband goals. I would definitely count him as husband goals. But, like, I mean, no marriage is perfect. No couple is perfect. Even fictional couples are going to have issues. Right, and
2: that's what I'm saying. Is like I don't need their conversation to fix everything. I just need them to lay it out there because to me, this conversation, while it was so great and while they had some really great lines, to me, this conversation just kind of like put tape on it a little bit mm-hmm. and like kind of just masked some of it. But that's just me. That's just my opinion.
1: We're so full of hot takes today.
2: I'm really full of hot takes on Rage. Wait till we get to (laughs) Stellaride. Oh,
1: no. (laughs) I have some hot takes there. Okay, so then do you want me to talk about the Slam again, or do you want to talk about, like, which one? No, I'll talk
2: about, I could talk about Slam again. Okay. Okay. So, we're going to talk about Slam again, which is kind of one of the best names for a thing ever. But, um... So, we're in the common room, and Cruz is tinkering with this sledgehammer and a Halligan hybrid tool, and he's trying to combine the two. Um, and so, Herman and Mash and Otis come over to him, and they kind of have their doubts and they kind of poke fun at him, um, especially because, like, first of all, when you combine a sledgehammer, which is heavy on its own, and a Halligan, which is heavy on its own, together, it's going to be 22 pounds, which for a tool that you have to lift and, like, hit something with, like, Think about it like a baseball bat when you have to like lift it and hit it. Like twenty two pounds is really heavy, Um, but Cruz just comes back. He's like, "It's a tool for real men," (laughs) and they're like, "Okay, whatever." Um, And then somebody's like, "Well, what are you going to call it?" And Cruz is like, "I'm going to call it a slam again." And once Herman hears the name, he's like, "Sold." A light bulb goes off in his head, and he like is sold. And so Herman suggests adding this hinge to bring the tools together, rather than just, like, kind of welding them or whatever. But then Sylvie comes in, like, the boss that she is, and casually suggests MIG welding them together. Um, And they're like, wait, what? Wait, how do you know this? And she's like, guys, like, I grew up on a farm. Like, I had to – whatever the thing – incident she uses about, like, having to weld – having had to weld things together. But she's like, yeah, like, I grew up doing this. Like, of course I know what the fuck I'm doing. Um, But, yeah.
1: Did we know that she grew up on a farm?
2: I don't know if we knew she grew up on a farm, but it's kind of implied that since she grew up in this small town of Fowlerton that, like, chances are she didn't grow up on a farm, that, like, she was getting her hands dirty in whatever family business she had. So, like, it didn't surprise me necessarily.
1: Hmm. Yeah, no, it didn't surprise me either. I just, I was, like, I was just, I love how she just casually was like, you have to big weld it. Just like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah.
2: Um, And so... Then we're on the apparatus 4 and you see Sylvie and Cruz working together. And Sylvie's just casually welding away, like it's no big deal. Um, and Gina, if, you notice that, like, you see the Japanese robot that Otis built a couple episodes ago in the yeah, background.
1: Yeah. yeah, so if you, I mean, and I only noticed this because I paused it at a certain point because I had to write something down. But yeah, if you look behind Cruz, you see Otis's little Japanese robot in the corner. And, like, I can't help but imagine – I mean, there's got to be – there can't be, like, a serious use for that thing, right? So that thing has got to be, like, a toy that, like, you know when you're just, like, walking through your house and, like, somebody leaves out a shoe or, like, something and you trip over it? Like, that's got to be what that robot is at the higher house for them. Like, Bowden probably trips on it and is like, damn it, Otis! Like – Yeah, I
2: totally see that. Um, But as they kind of see Sylvie, you know, casually welding away, Cap's like, is anyone having a flash dance flashback right now? And Otis is like, you're old.
1: Cap and I are the same person. like
2: Yeah.
1: And that is that not the first thing I did when he made the flashback reference was I texted you guys and I was like, you don't know what that is, do you? Yeah,
2: no, you tweeted us. Yeah, you were like, you're like, I bet Brenna and Ashley don't know what you're talking about. And we were like,
1: nope.
2: I have no idea what the fuck you're... Like, I've heard of Flashdance, but I've never seen it. I can't tell you what it's about. I know nothing about it.
1: It's a pretty awesome 80s dance movie. With Jennifer feels I think Let me who's see. that she's an actress <laughs> hold on actually no it's not late 80s did I say late 80s it's early 80s it's 1983 <laughs> yeah it was with Jennifer Beals I'm awesome um, yeah it's an 80s dance movie it's fantastic um you guys need to educate yourselves and watch it because yeah one day one day oh you too uh,
2: <laughs> youngins I know uh, my first thought when you said 83 was like, geez, well, that's like 12 years older than me. But, you know. I
1: wasn't, I, I was not even born yet. So yeah. there we go. Something that's older than me. Ha. Huh? <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, but anyway, so then we're at welding test two. Um, and so they go and try it out on this door. Um, Cruz hits it, but the sledgehammer part breaks off from the haligan. So, Cruz is getting discouraged, and Brett tells him, you know, have a little faith. But the way Cruz is looking at her after, like, she says that and then she kind of walks away, you definitely see all the heart eyes. And it's just like, Cruz, Cruz, Cruz. Uh oh. Yeah. Uh oh. Spaghetti O. <laughs> um, and so then we go to Welding 3. And they they try it out again, and this time, third time's the charm, they have great success. It works perfectly. And Brett and Cruz are so happy, especially Cruz, that he, like, picks Brett up and, like, spins around in this big hug or whatever, and Cruz doesn't let go for a while. Um, And, oh, you see Otis, like, looking at him and giving this look, and, like, Otis clearly knows something's up. Which I love, and I love that Otis can read Cruise right away. Yeah. So, the last call of the episode, I know we kind of missed some here and there, but the last call of the episode is this factory fire. Because, um, you know, as Gina pointed out in our line, we're not scarred from the last one or anything. No big deal. I still think it's too soon, but...
1: Whatever. Um, it's going to be too soon, like, forever. Can we just, like, never have a factory fire ever again? Can all the factories in Chicago just, like, not light on fire? <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> if only.
1: Um, just, and like, lock that shit down.
2: <laughs> right. And, of course, even, you know, compared to the last one, like, there's a ton of chemicals in this one. Um, so, Hazmat shows up and Hazmat and Zach, um, And so, there's a ton of chemicals inside and Hazmat and Zach's like, yeah, well, this could blow up the entire block, like, if we're going to have to do – if it go, gets any – If it keeps continuing to get worse, like, we're going to have to clear, like, a 10-block radius. Like, So,
1: I got confused here, because Zach threw me when he showed up in firefighter gear, and this could be, like, the dumbest question ever, and it's something I didn't Google that I probably could have answered by Googling, but... So, is hazmat just, like, a specialty within firefighting? It's not its own thing?
2: Okay. So, I tried to Google this, and I still got really confused, because there's hazmat units for different things. So, I think... If we're talking about the world of firefighting, I think hazmat is a specialty within. But I think there's also, like, and I don't know if there's, like, hazmat units. like Because I think there's, like, hazmat units for, like, medical things that are more, like, you know, medical waste and things like that, which is obviously very different than dealing with hazmat chemical cleanups like this with a fire. So I think in the world of firefighting, from my understanding is that hazmat is a specialty and you just have to take, like, a couple extra, like, exams and classes and things like that. Hmm. Because I think about it, and I think I was texting you guys about this, like, during the episode when you asked us about it in our text, was that the way I think about it, too, is I think about in the backdoor pilot of med on fire when it blew up, and they had, because you know how they're trying to, like, test the isotope or whatever to see if everyone ends up being contaminated with the, like, super virus or whatever that the guy blows himself up with? Mm-hmm. Um, they have the, like, doctor or whatever she is, like, hazmat person at med come in her, like, full suit, like, grab the, like, piece of the isotope or whatever it is and then, like, go test it. But that is also, I think, technically like a hazmat something. But that's like obviously in a med world, whereas this is like in a fire world. So I think it is a specialty within firefighting because obviously dealing with hazmat in fire is very different than dealing with hazmat in like a med setting and even just like hazmat working in like a science lab. Interesting. So that's my kind of like google that's my like educated guess with like a little bit of googling but like i couldn't find a clear answer
1: you know what's interesting here is that um in allison's email she mentions she's like did anybody else get scared for a second that they were going to kill off zach no i didn't it didn't cross my mind no but i got more scared for severide and cap than i did anything else i suppose that we should like Put it in the back of our mind because this is Chicago Fire, and you know how these things go. Um, but no, I was never afraid for Hazmat Zach.
2: No, I was more concerned about Cap and Severed getting hurt, especially because in the promo pictures for episode twelve of Fire, where we kind of were talking about like, is Severed going to be hurt? Like, because we had that whole, it kind of looked like somebody got hurt. Um, I was like, well, hopefully it doesn't start with this episode and continue into that episode. Um, so I was more fearful for Severide and Cap when they were working on the like garage door looking Mm -hmm. thing but that's just me. Goodness. Anyway so after they get through that garage door looking thing and they you know put out most of the fire and they have to go like to the second door or whatever Severide crawls on Cruz to open the door and Cruz leaps at the chance to do something and he brings his like slam again tool with him and Severide's like what the hell is that and Tony's like he calls it the slam it again and Cap's like it's slam again <laughs> and Cruz walks in like a boss and he you know does the uses the slam again and thankfully it works um, and then he just kind of walks out and Severide's like cool <laughs>
1: <laughs> could y'all imagine though if it hadn't worked like he strolls in like a badass like oh I got this and then like it doesn't work it would have oh been God. so bad and Severide would have been pissed Oh, yeah.
2: He would have been pissed. It would have been for a very awkward moment, just, like, not only in this instance, but when Cruz had to go back and tell Mouch and Herman and Otis that it didn't work. It just, yeah. The
1: whole thing would have been so awkward.
2: But, yeah, so as I mentioned, Cruz walks away. Summer, it's like, cool. And then some guy, I guess with one of the other, like, smaller companies that's there, um, it's like, hey, isn't that thing, like, weigh a lot? And Cruz like, yeah. Yeah, it does. And then the guy just kind of, like, nods. And then Cruz just continues to walk away, like, action movie star style. Um, yeah. So then we go back to 51. And Cruz comes in. And Herman and Mouch and Otis are sitting there. And he just kind of drops the slam again on the coffee table. And he's like, guess what? It worked. And <laughs> Mouch freaks out. And Mouch starts to call some guy I guess, to kind of help them, like, promote it or whatever the fuck they're doing. And then Herman runs off yelling at him, the whole thing. And so then leaves Otis and Cruz. And Otis is like, well, how long have you kept this secret? And Cruz is like, I didn't keep any secret. Like, you guys saw me working on it the whole time. Like, I didn't keep any secret. And Otis is like, no, like, she lives with us. And then Cruz is like, admits that he still has feelings and is still pretty much in love with Brett. But he's not going to do anything about it because of that. And then, of course, to kind of, like, go against what he just said, Brett shows up, and she's like, hey. She's like, hey, Cruz, like, you know, are we still going to go to the fundraiser tonight? Like, I have to go to the gym, but I can be ready by 6. And Cruz is like, of course. And then she walks away, and it just gives him this look. And he's like, I promise, I'm not doing anything. And I'm just like, I have some problems with this. Really? I just think. I mean, I really liked Cruz and Brett together when they had the chance, but it just seems like we haven't got really any inkling of that until this episode where it's been like seasons now. It's been like, what, two seasons since, maybe even three since we've seen them together. It's been a long time. And like for there to be no inkling of Cruz having feelings for Brett still whatsoever only for as soon as she breaks up to Anto- with Antonio and, like, she's single again for it to, like, come about. Like, I don't know. I just, I don't buy it.
1: I mean, I don't really have a problem with it. I feel bad for Cruz because that's going to suck to see her, you know, with other guys, especially Antonio. And, like, you know, that's going to hurt. But I don't really have a problem with it. I'm wondering if this is going to be, like, Mills and Dawson, how, like, no matter what happens with Dawson, Mills is always going to love her. Yeah, and like I said, I have no problem with the fact that Cruz still loves her. I just, it kind of seemed
2: to come out of the blue when we haven't really gotten a hint of that for, like, seasons now. Yeah. Like, obviously, you could have assumed that he still had feelings for Brett, but, like, we haven't seen it. So, for it to just all of a sudden, like, in this episode in season six, when they haven't been together in, like, seasons, literally, like, it just seems, like, very out of the blue to me. That's the only part of it I don't like.
1: And I've only been saying for, like, ever that it's awkward that Sylvie lives with her ex-boyfriend. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. But, I don't know, I just, if this turns into, like, you know, at least, I guess it just means that Brett's always going to have someone on her side, and so that'll be, you
2: know. Yeah,
1: I just hope it doesn't, what I
2: don't want it to do is I don't want it to turn into some awkward, messy love triangle oh god I just Antonio would kick his ass like we don't need a Cruz Brett Antonio love triangle like we don't need that
1: no <laughs> no no. <laughs> no we don't you need know that what love triangle I would take though um Cruz Brett and the nurse from the halfway house Um, uh, <laughs> is it Pilar is that oh, her Pilar? Name? yeah I would take that they were cute
2: yeah like I see like I'd rather have Cruz like Go on a date with Pilar. Like, she's sassy. I like her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't need a Brett, Cruz, Antonio love triangle.
1: No, just. <laughs> I just, like, cringe
2: even saying that.
1: <laughs> that would just be, I I feel like nothing productive would come out of that. Because that would just be Cruz constantly feeling like he's never going to live up to Antonio. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. I don't know.
2: But so that's it for the Slam again cruise storyline.
1: So the last bit we're going to talk about is we've looked this together. So we've got Severide and good old Chief Grissom. And we've also got Stella and Hazmat Zack. So we put these together because they're just kind of, you know, they're hand in hand. So we start the episode and Brett and Kid are talking about Kid's upcoming date with Hazmat Zack. And Kelly overhears. And so Kelly's like, well, since when do you go for gentlemen? And she's like, since I decided to improve my standards. And he goes, well, that's a smart move. Okay. So cute. And so, meanwhile, Chief Grissom pops up. Now, I feel like we've met Chief
0: Grissom before. Have we not? No. Kind of sworn we had. There's a fun fact about this. He plays Jesse's dad in the Brady Bunch movie.
1: Oh, I love when it comes full circle. (laughs) So cute. Oh, I love
2: Gary Cole, but no, I don't think I don't think we've seen Gary Cole on fire before. I could be wrong, what but I don't think so. What else has Gary Cole been in? What hasn't he been in? I just I don't know. I just I like Gary Cole. I don't know why I like Gary Cole, but I like Gary Cole. But he's been in a lot. I mean, he's got a storied career. Um, Interesting, but yeah.
1: So. Kelly walks out with Chief Grissom, and Grissom's like, when are you coming back to the 36th? I sent you here to get some squad experience, but I didn't think you'd stay this long. And Severide's like, well, you should have known I'd click with Bowden." and we're getting all this Severide backstory. It's My so mind
2: great. was blown, like... Severide didn't start out at 51 what like my it's mind is blown that.
1: yeah because we all um, Jessica tweeted after the episode and this was just something that like, made me laugh so hard that I was like oh, oh we're talking about this um, she tweeted after the episode she's like I really was convinced that Severide was born on the apparatus floor at 51 <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah like 51 is so in his blood and especially because you know they start out with telling us about how Obviously, it's where Bowdoin, you know, worked, but, you know, Benny worked there and Mills' dad. And I was just like, oh, well, of course, like, Severide started at 51. Like, that just makes so much sense. Like,
1: so, yeah, so then they agree to have beers after shift and catch up. And so, Bowdoin. Into- hold on,
2: real Go quick, ahead. before it also just made me think because Severide is, like, the youngest person until Mills, to, like, makes squad. So, like, how long could it be if actually have spent? At thirty six, like not Good that question.
1: Long. Just no, throwing we, it out there. We found, like that was it last season when yeah it was last season because when he got hurt and it led into the whole Anna storyline. Mm-hmm. So he's thirty five when that happens, and so he's thirty six now. And so Wait, he was thirty five when that happened. When they bring him into med, they rattle off all the stats, and he's thirty five. Yep. Damn. Yep. Um. So it's not look it. How, how yeah and so five seasons up until then so he was 30 when the show started uh, maybe, yeah he's probably just like a child prodigy i guess i don't know yeah i just
2: ugh, he does not look 36 god damn
1: math is fun uh, <laughs> well jesse spencer in real life isn't he like 38 is he i think yeah, so really to the google yes god hang on
2: they do not look that old
1: that's not old you two (laughs) (laughs) okay but comparatively i mean that's like
2: i mean i'm 22 so like 38 to me i know it's not old but like that's 16 years older than me so like that's like a lot yeah
1: spencer's gonna be 38 on february 12th jeez Mm -hmm.
2: Like, I know 38 is, like, actually not that old. But, like, comparatively, like, that's almost double my age. So, like, it is old.
1: Wow, Jesse Spencer's fluent in French. What? According to IMDb. <laughs> that of that? <laughs> yeah, I- I'm on his IMDb right now interesting you know what i would love to see just once is like i'm like dying to see an episode where like maybe casey gets drunk or something or they have like and casey's just like oh i have this awesome party trick want to hear me do my australian accent and then it's like perfect (laughs) (laughs) that'd be great i always thought that would be really funny but that's that's another fan fiction that just needs to happen (laughs) (laughs) oh man So later on, Bowden runs into Severide at the printer, and uh, Bowden's like, "What are you doing?" Severide was writing a letter in support of Dawson and Casey.
2: Hashtag BFF goals. Also, what the fuck was in that letter? Like, I need to know.
1: I know. I know.
2: I just—it made me flashback to Gilmore Girls when Lorelai writes the character reference for Luke, and I was just like, like I just wanted a flashback of that for this. Like, I just want to hear Severide like in his head writing this letter. Like, I just needed that. Right.
1: I'm curious, too, what was in that letter. I just, I mean, I don't know. Dawson and Casey are my very best friends. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, just, I don't know. Just probably talking about Louie and, like. I don't know. I yeah. need to know. I know. Just like I need to know what Robin wrote to Connor. For fuck's sake. <laughs> So, but we get a little bit more background here. So, Grissom is the reason that Kelly became a firefighter. And he just says, he's like, you know, Benny steered me in the direction, but Grissom built me up more than Benny ever did. And I'm over here, and I'm like, why does that sound so familiar? Oh, because it's like Voight and Lindsay all over again.
2: Yeah, until you – I had written that in our outline. I didn't think about that, but it is.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I wonder –
2: but it's interesting. It's an interesting contrast because unlike Voight and Lindsay, Kelly got out from under Grissom's wing and, like, was able to forge his own path. Yeah. Whereas Lindsay never did. Whether that was her choice or not, but, like, Lindsay never did. Right. So there's, like, slight differences. But, yeah, it is a very Voight-Lindsay relationship.
1: And that what you just said, that makes, you know, what Grissom says later on, that makes it even – more confusing. Yeah. what well, so, whatever. I mean that. Yeah, yeah. So meanwhile, Stella and Zach go on their date and mm. He's Stella. Still drills just him. as dreamy. Yeah, so dreamy. <laughs> oh my God. And Stella just drills him with questions. Um, you know, she's like, Are you married? Do you have any drug problems? Like what's going on here? And You also what...
2: this is like a reference to it, like took me a second, I was like, Wait, isn't this the date the restaurant where Brett went on her date with her married man? Is it? Oh, I think it might be. No, it is because I tweeted about it on, um, like, I was tweeting from the Talk Nerdy account and they, I tweeted about it and then Fire, the Fire account replied and they're like, well, there's a reason she asked so many, is asking so many questions. And I was like, uh, wait, what?
1: Good catch. Yeah. I didn't even catch that. And so, you know, she's drilling up with questions, which I think is super smart. Meanwhile, my boyfriend, good old Charlie, he actually watched this episode and, like, live tweeted along um and so when this happened he tweeted he's like that's what gina did on our first date it certainly is not (laughs) i (laughs) did not drill him with questions like that i was not like are you married do you do drugs or whatever just you know it was normal like getting to know you questions charlie
2: (laughs) i miss that charlie watched it and live tweeted it that's so funny
1: yeah you guys gotta follow him because i'm just he's just oh charlie just that's so funny no matter what he says, that's not true. Why I not this episode
2: like, and not all the other ones? He just, like, <laughs> yeah. on a whim was, like, Thursday
1: night. I want to watch fire tonight. Yeah, pretty much. Like, pretty much. Um, yeah. And so, you know, but I, like, Stella's a smart woman. It's scary times out there. You know, it's hard to be single. So I hear you. <laughs> um, and so, meanwhile, at Molly Severide and Grissom have beers and so basically we started off severides telling grissom the story about that episode when the firehouse got split up and then like or there's like that fire or something and like i don't know you probably remember the one i'm talking about when like they split everybody up at 51. what I'm, how do i better describe this i don't because remember I what- season three four i want to say it was like maybe it was four I don't remember what precipitated it is the thing. It just I remember that, like, everybody got split up and went to different houses. Um, oh,
2: when, yeah. Um, when, yeah, I do remember that. I don't remember why it precipitated that either. But, yeah, I do remember that.
1: Yeah. So I love that he's just telling a story about another episode. Like, I love when they do that. And I'm like, oh, I remember that. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, Grissom's like, he's telling, he tells Kelly he's getting ready to retire, and he's looking back at his legacy, including the firefighters that he helped train, and this just takes such a turn, because he's like, he basically tells Kelly that he's not impressed with his progress, and he's like, you're running around with your paramedic friend, you know, looking for this drugged-out teenager, and, you know, your paramedic friend's husband has his eye on the prize, and Severite's like, well, Casey's earned every good thing that's ever come his way. Again, BFF, BFF goals. goals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then Grissom's like, well, I just thought you'd be further along, Kelly. You had so much problem, or problem, promise. Promise. <laughs> promise. You did not have a problem. No, he's like, you had so much promise. And I'm like, can you kindly fuck off?
2: Seriously, get the fuck out of here. Do not, do not bring bat energy into Molly's. Like, we don't need it. Molly's this is a sacred place. Don't. Yes. How dare you, sir? <laughs> <laughs> Molly's is a sacred place. Stop ruining that with you're putting down Kelly
1: don't do it it's just not it's not okay it's not okay at all um and so Kelly goes back to the apartment he's hoping to hang out with Stella but she brought hazmat Zach home
2: is not what Kelly thought he was going into when he came into that apartment that night
1: no so it's basically like Kelly Severide and the horrible awful no good very bad day just like (laughs) sorry dude (laughs) sorry so later on Severide convinces Stella to blow off hazmat Zach And by convince, I mean, it takes pretty much nothing. She's just like, oh, let's go to this. Or he's like, don't you care about firemen? And she's like, yes, I do. And they go to the fundraiser together.
2: This is where I like slightly have like a hot take. Okay. About the whole Stellaride thing. Like I like Stellaride. I don't ship them yet. I still think there needs to be some kind of like, like I love the flirty banter. Like I think it's great. And I think it's, it's, it's just super good. But I don't think they've had, like, an emotional scene yet that really is, like, wow, like, I shipped that. Like, that's whatever. But so for me, I'm, like, sitting here and I'm, like, why the fuck, Stella? Why the fuck are you blowing off hazmat Zach? Like, like did you just call him and be, like, oh, yeah, like, I'm going to blow this off. I'm going to go to this fundraiser tonight. And he just took it okay? Like, what?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. What? Like,
2: yeah i don't understand why the fuck would you blow off hazmat zach like i mean i get it it's severed but like it's also hazmat zach <laughs> like yeah but like her
1: her telling or her blowing him off that easily that just tells me that like this obviously is not very serious
2: which makes me so sad
1: i know but like you know i know i just like yeah
2: i was just like when i first saw it happen i was like wait what you blew off hazmat zach. what
1: yeah i know i know um and so and the other thing I noticed here that made me laugh was that like so, Kelly's wearing like a green suit I would have never pegged him for being like fashion forward Oh my God it's
2: the best thing I've it. ever seen in my entire life
1: It's pretty great It it's pretty looks great. so good So then later at the fundraiser Grissom pulls Kelly aside and one of my favorite things here is that um you know he introduces Stella to Grissom and Grissom's like Is it serious And he's like No we just live together Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but Grissom apologizes sort of, and by sort of, I mean, he really doesn't at all. Um, and he, he does say, he's like, you know, he calls Kelly the sharpest, toughest, gutsiest fighter fighter Chicago's ever seen. And Kelly's like, LOL, I know. Um, (laughs) but then Grissom's like, you know, you're part of my legacy, Kelly. You carry your father's name. And he goes, you might be content writing out your career at that squad table, but that's not good enough. Oh, I have so many hot takes on this. Yeah.
2: Why the fuck does everyone think they need to tell Kelly Severide what he wants and needs in every aspect of his life? Right. Uh, Right. Why the fuck? It is not your life, Grissom. Get the fuck out of here.
1: Right. It's not your life. And, like, telling somebody they're not good enough is just, like, the most damaging thing you can say. Like, why would you even go there? Yeah. Like... not cool and like Kelly's tough as nails yes but like he's also really sensitive so I wouldn't want this to like you know get in his head yeah it's just all I have to say to
2: Grissom is bye Felicia
1: I know and we're gonna see him (laughs) next week though I know sucks Yep, it really sucks but yeah so I mean that's you know uh, that's the episode pretty much I think I mean is there anything else that I forgot to cover no I think I mean
2: we covered all like the definitely the big stuff oh I do have one thing I mean it really has no importance to storyline which is not a, why it's in the outline the call that Brett and Gabby go on where the girl has her hand stuck in the garbage disposal and like mm-hmm. then she goes and starts bitching about her ring like this is the second week in a row where it's comes to a call and I sit there and I'm like what the fuck like how did this actually
1: happen like uh, it's happening to you now too what it's happening to you now too where you're like how did this call happen oh yeah oh yeah for sure i was like wait what are you
2: talking about i didn't I wasn't stupid enough to stick my hand down the garbage <laughs> <and> <laughs> the <muscle. laughs> but yeah and i'm like so i'm like are you are you an idiot like do you not know how this works like god like i was just
1: like what the fuck is this right right yeah just that was Ugh, that, that case was just, like, yeah, she was really annoying. i feel really bad if I got cast in that show and then had to be mean to them. Yeah, I just, I wouldn't want to be seen as a stupid character like that. Right, right, so. But, yeah, otherwise, I mean, I thought it was a really good episode. I really enjoyed it.
2: I'm curious to see what this week's episode brings, and especially because there is going to be probably a slight cliffhanger since they're going to go off for, like, three weeks. Um, but, yeah.
1: So yeah that's that's about all we've got for today so um as always you know find us on social media facebook twitter instagram tumblr we are meet us at molly's right across the board dm us email us meet us at molly's gmail.com we love to talk to you please get in touch with us um don't forget the chicago heroes event and the deadline coming up you've got two more days from the time you hear this podcast to pay the final half of your lottie's party and the group photo Yep. um and, and they the just purchase- added a new guest. Yeah, they just added Tony. Yep. I saw that. That'll be great. Um, And yeah, and then the purchase deadline is February 12th, so don't forget that. Um, follow us individually on Twitter. I am at Gina Watches TV. Bryna. I am at BrynaK13. And Ashley. I'm at Ashnick
0: 95
1: And you guys have a good week, and we will see you on Friday for a brand new Chicago PD. Bye.